the latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider, brought to you by the Hyundai A-League. Be part of the action this season. Hello and welcome to this week's 442 Insider podcast. I'm magazine editor Trevor Trahan and I'm with online editor Kevin Ayres. Hello mate. How you doing Kev? Good thanks. Um, no Jacko today, he's madly, madly busy so it's, it's just uh, you and I. Um, and let's start with last night's game in Tasmania where Melbourne Victory, would you believe it, took the lead but only drew the game. Uh, with even worse that Michael Thwaite the hardly prolific first A-League goal for him in the, the 93rd minute first professional goal I think it was actually oh really yep first goal in his entire it's career not a bad finish but <laughs> really yeah. when he got through he sort of it was it was expertly taken Archie Thompson would have been proud of it yeah he can't buy a goal at the moment yeah um, and, and wow the, the expression and the reaction of, of the victory players and, and particularly if you saw Harry's interview disgusted after, I'm disgusted. Yeah. It was disgusting. At least he found a new word to say over and Again, over. Again, I'm disgusted. <laughs> um, and, and look, he, you know, he was, and he made a comment about we're going to go in there and have the, the right axe read to us. Obviously, I, I can assume that Jim McGilton has had a few pops. But Jim McGilton, in, in his interview at the end of the game, seems a little bit, I don't know, not, not defeated, but just like, how's well, this happened again time? He, he's not really had much of a time to settle uh, and give, you know, impress his personality and his philosophy on the players. Uh, I mean, he had the, the Sydney-Melbourne uh, game last Thursday and a quick turnaround off to Tasmania. He's got the derby coming up this weekend. I mean, it's it's pretty non-stop for him, uh, and it mm. has been since he arrived. So, you know, all these people calling for him to get fired, I fully agree his track record so far has been completely unconvincing mm. but he's inherited somebody else's squad uh, he's had absolutely no time whatsoever to work with the players uh, he's trying stuff last night he had uh, Kent Broxman and Brebner I think uh, starting, yeah. which was a very Merrick thing to do yeah. uh, and it didn't pay off uh, in that they got another draw but by the same token they had many many opportunities before that that they just couldn't finish uh, Archie Thompson is going through a hell of a uh, drought at the moment and if he was back on form if Salazano had a bit more ma- match sharpness about him a bit more confidence in himself after Mem managed to kick that out of him um, I think you know they, they could have been looking at two three goal lead by yeah. the time Harry actually scored Harry of course also had his uh, shot disallowed which on replay looked like it was probably over the line so you know victory are did do almost everything right last night except they went to sleep in the dying seconds yeah i mean the, the amount of times that it's, it's happened but i mean it, again uh, antikovic was brilliant yep. you know easily one of the best players on the pitch if not the best player on the pitch which is never um you know overly encouraging but you say about archie dropping off he obviously was in really good form earlier and was kind of carrying a lot of the burden oh, of scoring goals yeah. and, and I mean, the whole team. They would be in a lot worse situation if Archie hadn't been on fire at the beginning of the season yep. doing his job. And the Tasmania experiment? I mean, f- uh, 5,200 there? On a Wednesday night, you know, that's fairly respectable. You know, you'd struggle to get that in most uh, a lot of the other grounds for that 
that a particular fixture. Yeah. I think what was disappointing was not so much the flares, but the the rockets that were going off as well. Fifty four minutes. Bizarre, wasn't uh, it? You could hear that. the rockets flying across the ground and up into the stands. You don't want that, really. That really could take some desire, as my mother would say. <laughs> uh, and apparently there was a bit of ugly scenes going on outside Afterwards, the stadium yeah. as well. Um, yeah, not no ideal. Um, let, let's go to the, the weekend's games. Um, and let's I just stick. also point out the dickhead that was stood in front of the flare around that same time as well, With trying the... to pretend to be all ultra, and then looked around and realised nobody else was standing yeah, beside yeah, him. Yeah, I, <laughs> I did see him. wasn't exactly too threatening, was it? <laughs> um, look, sticking with victory in their, their game against Sydney, which was a, a similar tale to be two up, two goals just before half-time, and then super sub, <laughs> Sebral coming on and, and getting a, a very late equaliser there. Um I, I mean, is uh, that his first ever goal? Yes, it was. It's, it's, yes. Yeah, first ever professional goal. For That's Seb when Royal you know too. things are going against you. Last minute equalisers with players that have never, scored, <laughs> never scored in their career before. Um, what did you, What did you make of the the Melbourne Sydney game and, and how similar it was to the, the Gold Coast game? It was uh, there was full of passion. Um, yeah. Uh, and again, you know, hugely disappointing for victory. Uh, Sydney pulled the, the draw out of their arse and looked like they'd won. Uh, yeah. But to be frank, wasn't exactly glorious football. Nah. Um, Bruno Casarine or Matt Simon? If you could pick one up front. Oh, I would go with Matt Simon. Casarine is good. Uh, I mean, Casarine, I think, is much better than he's given credit for by a lot of people. I think I mean, he's earned a, a new poaches contract. poaches goals, isn't he? Yeah, Absolutely. He does a- uh, but I, I still think Matt Simon's more useful. And slightly more consistent and prolific. Mm. Um, also, the weekend, Gold Coast versus Central Coast was called off. Um, any word when that might be back on again yet? February 22nd, I think, was the oh. date okay, I saw. Then. I mean, that, that's, we'll get onto the league table at the end, but the, the Mariners running Stuffed away. Stuffed up it. my fantasy football team, some rotten, oh, I tell you. I've given, I gave up on that after week one. Why? What did they stuff up? Well, because they just didn't play. Because they didn't play, and I and then, yeah. got a team stacked with Mariners. Oh. Yeah. It's disaster, disaster for Scotland. <laughs> um, on to the Raw, Suncorp. Suncorp shock, especially for a Jets team that doesn't fare too well on the uh, on the road to win one nil away at Brisbane. And you know Brisbane's indifferent approach to retaining the title goes on. First win in over a year away from home for Newcastle Jets. <sighs> yeah, I mean that's a real. That's just you know. Um, it's it's hard to identify exactly where Brisbane Roar are going off the rails. I mean, you know, Broch was missing and suddenly... He's back. Everyone he's, thought that was the answer, but... Barisha miss, goes missing and suddenly they're back to hey, square one again. Uh, I mean, it is a team effort, but it seems to be like a very specific team. And if any part of that team isn't available, the wheels fall off the, the, uh, the bandwagon quite quickly. Um... I mean, they're still going to be one of those teams that, you know, you assume they're certainly going to make the finals. Whereabouts in the finals, we don't know yet, and I don't think anyone's going to particularly fancy. Well, I mean, it's astonishing to see that they're third now, you know, uh, and on the way down. Yeah. Nobody would have put money on that before Christmas, I would have thought, uh, much before Christmas. Um, who is on, on the way up and second now, incredibly, is Wellington Phoenix. Um, who won, who beat Melbourne Heart in an awful run of form, um, Michael Lynch made a good point on Twitter that Melbourne Hearts' hideous form has sort of been glossed over a little bit by victory sort of stuttering as well. But 
I mean, I just couldn't. I couldn't see Phoenix making the finals. I certainly couldn't see them <laughs> making the top two. I mean, it, is it that this is an incredible Phoenix team, or it's just a really indifferent season for a lot of teams? I think it's an indifferent season for a lot of teams, but also I think you know, uh, Ricky Herbert's done a pretty good job with the the cattle he's got. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's just astonishing that they're in second. I had them down as second last, I think, with Gold Coast United last. perfectly reasonable uh, as well. I, I yeah. mean, I, I but know. I did the same last year. I had Brisbane Roar and Adelaide uh, bottom. Yeah, uh, oh, I mean, but I mean, going into the scene, season, Phoenix struggled to have a full squad of players. Loads of players, yeah. were, you know, they, they, they were, had they financial... Were genuinely were going to struggle to put a team out because they didn't have a full bench. Yeah, and it, I mean, I, I suppose the, the league does have these perceived big teams now. You know, but Sydney, Melbourne, and, and Brisbane in terms of being champions, and it's at the moment shaping up that it's going to be Central Coast Mariners and Wellington. I think the yeah. top, you know, as the the playoff to host the grand final. From Phoenix's point of view, though, I think that the key thing that they've managed to do is finally overcome their away day hoodoo. You know, yeah, uh, they've always been a strong side uh, at home. They were, you know, but it was more than you know just the home advantage. They were a very good team. They played good football. They just didn't seem to be able to manage it when they went away. Now they're going away and they're playing that same round of football uh, and getting the results that they've, they've deserved for a long time. Mm. Uh, but it is incredible just to see them manage to suddenly sneak into second spot. Yeah, I mean, speaking of broken away day hoodoo, Perth Glory um, went to Adelaide, who have been certainly certainly improved and certainly more resilient on the Cosmina, um, and Perth smashed them 3-0. I mush and, and it looked like a really desperate Adelaide team. And yeah, well, I mean, the Cosmino effect is much debated. When he came to Sydney, he had the same effect as he's had with Adelaide this time round. Yeah. You know, initial success, uh, just restored confidence in players, and then the basic weaknesses come out. People get a grip of what the new style is. Uh, Cosmino doesn't seem to adapt very much uh, that tactics to, to overcome it. And the next thing you know, they're, they're on a losing streak again. Perth Glory, however, have the squad to take them all the way. Uh, I've always said so. Smelt scoring, Miller looking really good. Yeah, I mean, finally Fergie stopped mucking about, stopped experimenting with lineups. He knows pretty much what his best living is, are, and where they, they should play. Yeah. And he's kind of sticking with it. I'd still say Andrezino should be starting, but uh, they're getting the results, despite that one debatable point from me. Yeah, I mean, is it fitness with him? Is that why he's not starting? Is that I honestly don't know. I, I presume that for some reason they don't think he can get 90 minutes out of him. Uh, or they, they just like um, Berger in mm. his place. Well, he's their Van der Vaart then, perhaps, because that's what Tottenham do with Van der Vaart, isn't he? Yeah. Get one hour right. out of him yeah. and that's it. Well, let's have a look at the ladder. Central Coast, and I think we can say this with some confidence, are cantering to the... Uh, uh, to the title anyway in, in the sort of ladder sense I mean they're 18 games 40 points um, they've got a game in hand over Wellington and who've played 19 and as I say are, are 10 points back then it's um, Brisbane on 29 points Perth on 28 so I mean really not far away from, from Brisbane at all uh, Melbourne Heart 26 Sydney back in sixth on 24. And then the teams out of the finals. I mean, can you see any of these guys breaking in? We've got the, the Jets, Melbourne, Victory, Adelaide, and, and Gold Coast who are on 15 points now, you'd have to say. it's. Nah, I mean, Gold, got, Gold Coast are completely out. They've been out for weeks, to be honest. Yeah. It was never going to happen for them. Adelaide United got the work cut out. They need to uh, turn those draws and losses into to solid wins from now until the end of the season. Yeah. Victory, 
if Majolton gets time to actually sit down and uh, work some stuff out with his squad, they could turn it around. Jets, no, I just I just don't see it happening for them, to be honest. But no. having said that, I can also see Melbourne Heart dropping out, and I can see Sydney dropping out quite easily. So well, I mean, they don't really. I mean, the Heart of Fifth and Sydney are sick. They don't inspire anything from you when you when you see them there. You don't feel no, like well, they're I mean, going to be threats. I don't know Heart. Heart, I did like before Christmas, uh, but they've been hit with injuries. They're going to be hit with the Ollie Roos. They, they've got the work cut out to maintain that fifth position, I think. Yeah. Uh, and with Van Chip leaving as well, that's, that's going to cast some kind of shadow over the squad. Yeah. Uh, until the new a coach is appointed and they've got somebody to impress. Um, Sydney, I just don't completely underwhelmed by, uh, and I just. There's something quite draining about watching Sydney. It, it, you, I never <laughs> enjoy watching Sydney. Yeah. You know, they get heart and passion and sometimes and, you know, manage to get a draw and that becomes a, feels like a victory for them. But that, that's a terrible state of affairs. Yeah, of just, course, I, yeah. I just don't find it enjoyable watching them. Yeah. I mean, I kind of hope that victory make the finals because I just think that would be a really interesting extra dynamic in the finals to have that team that's has got a team of match winners that yeah. haven't, you know, they've not played well together so far but if you've got a team of match, match winners going to the finals then you know who, who can happen yeah just Anything one happen, final sorry. thing with uh, the Mariners if you just look through the individual stats for their season it's just domination mm. completely you know they've only lost twice in whereas everybody else has lost six seven nine times they've got 30 they've got the most goals for they've yeah. got the least goals against by a huge margin you know they are just dominating they're yeah. running away with this uh, and it's, it's you know really really impressive I mean it, it, it would be a surprise if they didn't you know if they didn't go on and take out the grand final as well I mean I, I think that um, I'm not quite sure I remember how, how far ahead Brisbane were when they finished up last season but I know, you know, I know the Mariners sort of you know, kept there or thereabouts yeah. for a little bit. Yeah. Um, but we're at this stage of the season, and it, it's I mean, feel worth discussing who's going to top the table. It's going to be really interesting to see how they go in Asia. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Yeah, I get this quite often. Though, it feels like, it, and then we only seem to put off form teams into Asia because of the mm. <laughs> because of the lag. Yeah. For once, we're actually putting somebody that's, uh, that's on that's a roll. Back to yeah, backed up. Um, before we close this section, just a, a chat about the the W League final. Um, a sold out 2,500 people watched Canberra beat Brisbane in a entertaining 3-2 game um, I was but you were, last week we had Charlie Cook in from uh, the, the Chelsea legend from Curve Coaching and we were chatting to him after and he spoke genuinely about how good he felt this final was and how good he felt Canberra United is because Curve are working with Canberra um, would you agree with that? I mean, do you think this is a good showcase for the the mini W League season? That yeah, it seems to have been. I mean, Canberra again, uh, talking of dominant teams, Canberra have just dominated yeah, the, the W League season, start right. to finish. Uh, it's been a tremendous uh, season for them and great to see. And a great thing for Canberra as well. Mm. You know, uh, I really think we should have concentrated on Western Sydney and Canberra uh, for the, the two expansion teams instead of North Queensland Fury and Gold Coast United. Uh, Difficult, difficult to argue with that, isn't it? Based on what, what happened. Yeah, but two and a half thousand. You know, it's not a huge crowd in terms of the rest of the A League. No, um, but it's the biggest. I think it's the biggest W League crowd of all time. Yeah, I mean, just an aside from there, the um, the women's league in 
the US isn't going to return. Yeah, that's um, quite heartbreaking for it is, yeah, I mean, the Aussies. That was always the place to go as well, wasn't yeah. it? The US and, and playing that league. What worries you about stuff like that is, is how much of it is a justification for other leagues to go, well, even the US have stripped back their league. and You know, it, it, the W League, women's football as a whole, just really seems of its work cut out to capture mm. the public imagination. I know that when we run stories on the W League, the... The readership for them is very, very small compared to other stories. Uh, and they've, they're going to have to find a way to break through that uh, yeah. f- to, for the survival of the sport as a whole, never mind the W League. If they can't keep it going in America, uh, yeah. we really have got our work cut out. Yeah, um, and they can't make the season any shorter, otherwise it would just start the finals, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just do a cup each year. Yeah. Um, Excellent, thanks for that. We'll be back in section two. We'll be chatting about the best of the news. This month's 442 magazine is out now and features an exclusive interview with Barcelona's Cesc Fabregas on why he left Arsenal. Plus, we ask if the NSL was better than the A-League. We uncover what happened to the North Queensland Fury players after the club folded, go behind the scenes at EPL New Boys QPR and chat with David Silva, Paul Scholes, Juan Mata, Marco Rojas, Musti Amini, Mazumo Madoka and Sasha Ognanovsky. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to section two of the 442 Insider podcast. The best of the news, John Van Schip is off. Um, leaving at the end of the season. So much speculation for a long while about what's going to happen. Um, he certainly is leaving for, for family reasons now. A few points from this. Um, the timing of the announcement. I mean, I don't think it'll make a massive difference because it's a it's an A-League thing to do, isn't it? it to is, announce yeah. when players are going and managers are leaving. It's all, it's all a fairly I open affair. The only thing that does surprise me about the timing is that he didn't leave it until he didn't, he personally didn't make that decision until after the derby. Yeah. Uh, if I was him, I would have kept my mouth shut and then come in and said, Monday, right, we'll, win or lose, we, uh, I'm going to leave it. I'm leaving anyway. Yeah. But I mean, what, you know, what if they'd lost and then he'd come out and said it would it look like, you know, a derby beating was the reason he was off? Yeah, but even if it, even if it does, you know, it's playing from the heart, you know. Yeah, I think it was because he lied about his age. Didn't he claim he's 46 or 48 or something Did like he? that? No, 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 no. He is about 46. He, Seriously? Yeah, yeah and, and obviously he, he looks about 32. Swine. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I think he's just been. Yeah, he, he's just some Dutch kid that's managed to get. To Even get with it. that tan as well. I know. He should have leather skin. Yeah. No, it's not fair. And he's really Dutch rich. Jeans. And he's really rich and played in World Cups and stuff. Yeah. Never been on the podcast, though, Kevin. That's no, what we'll always no, have. That's over true. That's um, true. See ya. Never got the chance. <laughs> um, st- sticking with managers, the the. So if to call them the r- rumours or conf- uh, confirm reports, isn't it, for that Sydney are interested in Graham Arnold because Dirk Milson, mm. Sydney FC CEO, was incredibly He's very open. Eff- effusive about him. Yes. Yeah. Um, Without talk- actually saying we're chasing him, but if that's not tapping up through the media, I don't know what it is, to be well, honest. It's a quote. He's a great candidate. He's got pro licence. Um, he's done an incredible job at the Mariners he's talking about there icon of the game in this country and he's from Sydney I mean then the great contradiction that they always do he's under contract right now so it's probably not too appropriate <laughs> to talk about his position but it'd be someone you'd obviously have to have a conversation with um, if you're one of these people who've got your chip on your shoulder about Sydney of sea arrogance comments on, <laughs> comments on that yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's not really helping the case but uh, you know I think it is probably 
letting Graham Arnold know exactly where he stands in relation to Sydney FC without any doubt. Yeah, I mean, the thing is about it, it's such a small industry, it wouldn't be hard to let Graham Arnold know that you might be interested in appointing him without, oh. go, without going through the media. And I'm sure he already has, you know, to be honest. I'm sure that the message has been passed many times. Uh, and perhaps this is... Graham Arnold may even have passed a message back saying, go public with it to try and get his money out of Central yeah. Coast Mariners. And would Who he knows? go? I think he probably might, yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm almost certain he he would take the opportunity. There's a lot of work to be done at Sydney, and I think he quite he would quite fancy doing that. Uh, a, the interesting thing is how the practicalities of that would work out. Arnold's still got a year left on his contract. Yeah, um, he's allegedly owed unpaid wages by the Mariners, which means at any stage now, pretty much he can just say, "Nah, stuff it, I'm leaving." But if he was to do that to take the job at Sydney, he's still got the ACL campaign yeah. uh, and the finals campaign. I don't see him walking out on that uh, no. before it's finished. But in the meantime, the Russians, these alleged Russians, could come in from the cold, buy over the Mariners and pay off his uh, wages debt, which would not mean that he doesn't have the excuse to leave. Mm. Otherwise, they might find themselves in a situation where they have to let him go for some kind of compensation. Just so they can pay him? Well, I'm not sure what the the whole compensation package is with the, the A-League. I don't know if they do compensation when you, you lure coaches. You're not allowed transfer fees. Yeah, true. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. It could possibly be allowed, but if you ban transfer fees, I'd say you'd probably want to ban uh, management contract buyouts. Yeah. I mean, not good news for the Mariners. Good news for the Mariners is, though, that um, Bernie Abini has signed a new two-year deal at the club um, you know the Mariners often do a great job bringing young players through and um, ha- how I mean he, he sort of burst onto the scene in the grand final didn't he with the sort of cameo without scoring he, he looked live how impressive have you, have you been with this season I think he, he's a good player with potential but I, don't, I think he's quite a long way off from actually realising that potential I think yeah. two years at the Mariners is a very very good idea for him um, I don't see him breaking into any first team overseas his current state. Mm. Um, I think another couple of years in the Mariners, establish himself, uh, get a few, a lot more goals under his belt, and, you know, uh, develop himself physically as well. He's a big gangly Peter Crouch type figure at the moment. Yeah. I think he, he needs to, to build himself up a bit to be a bit stronger in the, the box uh, and just hone that goal-scoring ability yeah. before he looks overseas. So I think it's going to be a good deal for everybody. Mariners get a, a you know, a solid... Striker, not necessarily, not necessarily the first striker. Though. Yeah, I think he'll be spending a lot of time coming off the bench. Sure. Um, transfer deadline, not really madness this time, is it? Down seventy percent, I think, spending. But that's because last year blew out with spending money on people like Torres and Carroll. And You've got fifty billion, fifty billion going around for uh, Torres and thirty-five billion going for Carroll. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's going to be down anyway. Um, but but there was a bit of well. So, a nibble and some actual movement in the the Williams family. Um, first of all, let's talk about Reese that's at Middlesbrough. Um, and this is reportedly Middlesbrough have turned down a £6 million bid, so nearly £10 million Auss- Aussie um, from Bolton for soccer Reese Williams. Now, t- to offer some context on, on how much money that is, I, I think that's a 
very big sum of money. Mm. Um, people like you know Marvin Sordell, who went from Watford in in that division, who looks like one of the best young strikers in England, went for about three four million to Bolton. Um, and Reese Williams, while he's clearly a good player, um, is still establishing himself. Um, and I think yeah, that's great. In t- I mean, two ways: one, Bolton obviously rating, but Middlesbrough rating him even higher than that to reject the offer. I mean, I think that's a yeah, well, I think Middlesbrough—they're on a good run at the moment. They wouldn't want to upset the apple cart yeah. uh, from their perspective. And while six million is a lot of money, uh, you know, if they get into the EPL as a result of the the run that they're on at the moment, there's a hell of a lot more money going to come to them. Mm. Uh, so it's actually good good business from their end. If losing Williams was to jeopardise their spot in the the, uh, the Premiership, then yeah, I would uh, turn down six million too. And from William's perspective as well, while it's com- you know hugely flattering to be a you know nine million dollar bid, mm. um, he's got more chance of being in the Premiership next season with Middlesbrough than he has with Bolton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Bolton are, are in a spot above him. I, I don't know. Yeah, like, like you say. I mean, even if he ends up not getting promoted, you'd have to feel in the summer he'll still have the option to go to oh, yeah, a, a team that has survived in the Premier League. The offers aren't going to dry up uh, in the next six months, you would think. Mm. Um, Aussie teenager Ryan Williams, though, um, brother of Reese, has moved, though. Um, there was a bit of confusion on Twitter at first when R. R. Williams was moving. <laughs> um, but it is Ryan who's joined Mark Schwarzer at Fulham. Um, undisclosed fee, thought to be around half a million UK I don't know as much about Ryan I have to be honest never seen him no, never seen him couldn't even find a picture of him um, hence why we've got the shining nipple yeah. on that story Let, well let's not hold back he is going to be the next big thing he's the next Harry Kuehl isn't he obviously. oh obviously yeah yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I mean, start. he's going to take the premiership by storm and uh, he's going to dominate the Socceroos for the next 10-15 years excellent so great move um, prop Perhaps a bolter for Player of the Year in the Premier League as well. Um, Brisbane Raw want Matt Mackay back. The, the Matt Mackay thing, um, it's hailed as the A-League success story, deservedly so for the year he had last year. Um, he's struggling at the Rangers. You, you might know better than me, Kevin, but why can he not get a game at a Rangers team? that Because fl- Alan Mackay is an idiot who shouldn't be left in charge of uh, a crash, never mind a football team. Yep, that that would explain it. Uh, uh, you know, aside from not playing Mackay, he blew a twelve-point lead uh, and managed to end up second in the league. Uh, so the best striker. So the best striker uh, said in January the second that we need more bodies in and proceeded to sell six and buy one. Right. Uh, so yeah, not the best manager, uh, but he's shagged a lot of women, so that's that's good for him. <laughs> Easy come, easy go. <laughs> yeah, you, can, uh, you can't ever. Well, I mean, he turned down a, a move to the the Middle East, apparently, Matt Mackay, to fight for his place, which is fair enough. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I mean, I he, he could have made a move to the Middle East at any time, and he wouldn't yeah. have done that. I think uh, anyone can if they really exactly. just feel like uh, going to play football. I've turned down offers for the Middle East. Yeah, why not? Um, it is a shame, though, because I think he's a genuinely popular player, isn't he? And Yeah, you know, and uh, I think... You know, there's a lot of uh, Rangers fans in Scotland that have said they want to see more of him as well. Mm. Every time he's gone out on the field in a Rangers top, he's impressed. Yeah. You know, he's either scored a goal, assisted a goal, or won a Man of the Match award. Uh, I mean, he's just not had the opportunities. Um, and that's just daft. When you're losing as much as they are, uh, when you're not getting the goals, when you're losing players left, right, and centre to injury and sales, you've got to be exploring your options better than what McCoyst has done. Um, 
Roar have admitted they do, they are interested in uh, bringing him back. And that's a real boost head of the finals, wouldn't it? Yeah, but they also say they've also formally made no official contact uh, with Rangers. So possibly not going to happen. Okay then. Well, that, that's all we've got for Section 2. Join us in Section 3 where we'll go through FA Cup and Premier League with you. Before instantly stop snoring. <laughs> after instantly stop snoring. Before instantly stop snoring. <laughs> after instantly stop snoring. Snoring is generally caused by incorrect tongue placement. Instantly stop snoring provides a simple mouth guard designed to hold the lower jaw stable, forward and clear of the airways. Here's the number you've been searching for. 1-800-991-259. That's 1-800-991-259 for instantly stop snoring. Back to 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to part three of the 442 Insider Podcast. Um, let's have a chat about the FA Cup. Um, starting with Watford Tottenham game. If anyone saw this, Watford, who are sort of struggling in the championship, I'm, I'm sure they'll be fine, really gave Tottenham a, a run for their money. Um, had, had you know far the better of, of the chances, but Tottenham managed to squeeze through 1-0 there. I don't know if you saw that game, Kevin, but it was, it was a, a reasonable advert for the championship and... You know, I think Watford, you know, got up for a London derby, if, if you can just about call it a London derby. Um, but t- Tottenham are through and, and will sort of remain, you know, one of the favourites for obvious reasons with the Manchester sides bowing out. Speaking of which, Liverpool beat Manchester United 2-1 to progress. Good history in the cup, Liverpool, and, and, and will still be one of the favourites, I would imagine. Um, Everton beat Fulham 2-1. Cracking January for Everton. Um, I think they're in the top ten, progressing in the cup, beat Man City, and did all right in the um, transfer window. Really, Everton are just one of the miracles of modern day football. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I mean, the, I say this every week. I just don't know how they do it. Yeah, well, I mean, one person who does obviously get a, a lot of credit is, is David Moyes and Henry Winter, the the UK writer. Obviously, there was there was a protester in that game who came on and handcuffed. Um, himself to the post apparently because his daughter didn't get a job at Ryanair <laughs> natural thing to do I mean I'm not sure there was any need to do that yeah. um, and Henry Winter said perhaps that Everton should be handcuffing David Moyes to the <laughs> dugout because he, he's incredibly valuable to them and look, they made it to the final before and with the, the top two teams out then perhaps they can go on a, another decent run I mean other results Brighton won Newcastle nil and as I was mentioning off air, talk that Newcastle went to Tenerife on a team holiday before that. As you do. For a bit of morale boosting. That worked well. Um, Queen's Park Rangers lost at home to rivals Chelsea. So, so Chelsea, again, another... I mean, to look at it, obviously, it looks like, you know, Chelsea, Liverpool, Tottenham, Arsenal are going to be the the main teams that are, are going to challenge Arsenal, beat Aston Villa 3-2. And Sunderland drew with Middlesbrough, again, a championship team doing... Doing well there. Let's have see what we think of the draw. Fifth round ties are going to be played weekend of the 18th and 19th of February. Liverpool home to Brighton. Um, Everton have Blackpool or Sheffield Wednesday, so they'll fancy their chances there. Chelsea will play a Birmingham team that have hit fairly incredible form, especially in the Championship. I think they won 6 0 away the other week and they, they 
absolutely smashed uh, Sheffield United in the cup, winning 4 0 away from home. So they're one to look out for. Crawley Town versus Stoke City. Um, I think Crawley were holding out for a Liverpool, weren't they? I reckon, yeah. Um, and they'll have a. Probably mortgage the stadium in anticipation of that. Yeah. Um, Stevenage will host Tottenham in a big game for them. Norwich, Leicester, and then either Sunderland or Middlesbrough will play either Arsenal or Aston Villa. Um, no, they won't play Arsenal or Aston Villa. They'll definitely play Arsenal. I don't know why it says that there. Because, uh, yeah, Arsenal beat Aston Villa 3 2. And the final fixture will be. Dirty Millwall or Southampton versus Bolton. Distraction for Bolton, though, I'd think, though, with top priority staying up. Yeah, I imagine they just want to get that tie out of the way, to be honest. They're more concerned about the money involved in staying in the Premiership. Um, but there's a lot of uh, romance of the cup draws there, aren't there? I, I think if, if anyone wants confirmation of, of the romance of the cup, search out a video, and I think it was Crawley Town. Do you remember Crawley Town got Manchester United? Might have been last season, might have, I think it was a couple of seasons back. There's footage on YouTube of, it's in a pub in Crawley. And I th- I'm not sure if it's players or it's just fans. And they're watching the draw. And the reaction when they draw Manchester United <laughs> sends like shivers up my spot. I mean, they go absolutely like they've won the World <laughs> Cup. And that's why it's an incredible tournament. Yeah. And that's why it would be potentially good over here once you've, you've got enough history behind it. But... Anyone who doubts the FA Cup, watch that video. Watch it on a regular basis. Um, Premier League. There was some, some midweek Premier League action. Um, Jacko was in early this morning watching Aston Villa, Queen's Park Rangers, making strange umin and ahhing noises from across, <laughs> across the office. Um, Dibble Cissé scoring on debut again. I think that's the third Premier League club he scored on debut for. They, they went Pretty to, impressive. Yeah, they went 2-0 up. Um, Stephen Warnock with... Um, a what were you thinking own goal to make it 2-0 to Queen's Park Rangers but then Darren Bent and Zogbia got them back to 2 all. Um, some big signings for Queen's Park Rangers mm, yeah um, they've been busy brand new strike force yep. in, um, in Zamora and Cissé talk that Zamora was asking for 90 grand a week negotiations I, th- I think it was a little bit lower than that but he was certainly trying to get his that's quite an astonishing figure certainly trying to get his money's worth um Blackburn lost at home to Newcastle. Missed another penalty, Blackburn. Um, I watched a bit of the first time. They didn't actually look too bad. Really? Um, yeah, they, they, they could, but things just not going right for them. I mean, the first half summed up their season. They were a goal behind from an own goal, and then they missed the penalty right before right before the break, which could have gotten back into it. Um, Bolton nil, Arsenal nil. Um, Robin Van Persie didn't score, so Arsenal didn't win. <laughs> um, not, not an ideal fixture. Fulham won, West Brom won, Sunderland three, Norwich City nil. Let, uh, quick talk about Sunderland, because they find themselves um, up in eighth now. So just behind Arsenal and Liverpool, Martin did, O'Neill. Did you see that thing I retweeted this morning from uh, Opta? Uh, about the Premier League table since Martin O'Neill took over. No, please tell me. Sunderland top by far uh, on the Premier League, if you just take the results since he uh, became coach. Uh, They're having just completely renewed under O'Neill and seem to be unstoppable. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the way that Arsenal throw points, I mean, could uh, he was brought into Scotland from getting relegated, basically. Yeah. yeah, that that was the situation that they were facing, and that's pretty much job done already. Yep, pretty much. Yeah, and I mean, suppose now if they carry on the sort of form that they've got, there's no reason why they can't sort of challenge a Arsenal or a Liverpool. Well, I mean, if they carry on the way they're doing, they are what twelve points behind Chelsea at the moment. Yep, uh, that's. UFA Champions League uh, form, <laughs> yeah, which is astonishing. Incredible, um, st- yeah. I mean, Steve Bruce is never going to get you up that high. So Martin O'Neill was, was a smart appointment on their front. Um, Swansea City, Chelsea. Unlucky for Swansea here, really, because they, they were one up until the dying seconds when a Neil Taylor own goal made it one all. Um, and, and taking a lot of plaudits at the moment, aren't they, Swansea, for oh, the, the play, way they're playing, yeah, and, playing the success, good football. and the success they're having. Um, Tottenham 3 Wigan 1 Gareth Bale with two more goals there um, the first one was a was a cracker as well Wigan are in well I might just say they're relegated I think they're you know they're rock bottom of the league 15 points after 23 games it's been long overdue for Wigan though. it has I mean not, you know yeah I mean Say no one likes to see anyone get relegated. Three teams have to, and they've not got the biggest supporter base or the, you know, they should have gone down a couple of seasons ago, to be honest. And you know, they've been lucky to survive as long as they have. There's just been a lot of other drafts that have been even worse than them, uh, which is the only reason they survived. Yeah, West Ham being that dross last season. Wolves, talking of terrible Premier League teams that might be relegated. Um, outclassed against Liverpool. I mean, so bad that Andy Carroll scored. You know you're bad when Andy Carroll scores against you. Um, lost 3-0. Craig Bellamy, who's been a brilliant signing for for Liverpool. He is. He's astonishing, though. <laughs> he is. I had him at West Ham for a few years, and f- frightening pace. Yeah. You know, really tenacious, really in your face, can finish. Can, I mean, he, he's an excellent player. He's another one of those that, that has a reputation that goes around with him that... You know, but I mean, they, they picked him up on the on the cheap from City, didn't they? Yep. And uh, Doglish's comment after they knocked City out of the league cut was, "Oh, City have got any other players of that quality they want to throw our way? We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll happily take them." Um, but not Tevez. But not no. Not, not exchange for Andy Carroll, at least anyway. Oh, I'd love to have taken that call. Like, <laughs> no, why would why would I do? <coughs> Even Tevez, who refuses to play for the club, would be more use <laughs> than Carroll, who's happy to play. Um, Everton, as we mentioned, Everton won, Man City nil. Um, Mancini looked like a, a worried man on the sideline. He mm-hmm. looked like, yeah, he had it looked like he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. It, it's a stressful job, but I've never seen him quite that that concerned, and, and that ended up putting them level on points with Manu at the top. And considering, you know, after they went away to United and hammered them, you just felt that they were going to canter away to the title, and they've been very indifferent. Um, particularly, well, not particularly, exclusively away from home because they've won all 11 of their home games. But um, away from home, they've drawn three and lost three. Um, and, and that's something that, that they're going to need to iron out because Menu took full advantage at home to Stoke. No one likes playing to Stoke, even at home, but they got two penalties, Hernandez and Berbatov converting both of them. So the top of the table both on 54 points the two Manchester teams Tottenham now after their win at Wigan and, and the loss to City put themselves um, only five points behind on 49 points and well, they're, they're locked in for the top four aren't they Tottenham because Chelsea are back on 42 and then Newcastle are back up to fifth on 
39. So, I mean, Tottenham have a 10-point cushion for the Champions League football. They do. Uh, Newcastle United have survived the uh, loss of Demba Ba while he was away at the African Cup of Nations. And yeah. uh, still maintained, you know, challenging position up at the top of the table. Uh, with Ba coming back, it's going to be neck and neck with Spurs, I reckon. Uh, to keep And I think, uh, sorry, neck and neck with Chelsea. And I think uh, Liverpool and Arsenal really are going to have the work cut out to, to beat them back. Yeah, I mean, a few years ago, that if I was to tell you that this season's top four might end up with Man City, Tottenham and Newcastle in it, mm. <laughs> you, couldn't, um, you couldn't have felt it was possible. No. OK, well, let's have a very brief look at the, um, the fixtures coming up this weekend. Um, <coughs> Arsenal host Blackburn. Blackburn, who beat Arsenal <laughs> earlier mm. in the season rather ridiculously. Um, but what do you think there? Do you think Arsenal would be too no, strong at home? I think Arsenal, would, yeah, they'll be determined to try and come back from that nil-nil this morning uh, and uh, just stamp their credentials on the the Premiership challenge again, at least looking for some sort of European place next season. Yep. Uh, Norwich Bolton. Norwich obviously fared well this season for a newly promoted team, Bolton in, in real danger. Queen's Park Rangers host Wolves and you think that Zamora and Cissé, the new signings, will be licking their lips at the chances of... Should be too good for Wolves, you would think. Yeah. Um, Stoke City, Sunderland. That is a very interesting game, actually, especially with Stoke like at home. Yeah. Sunderland, Champions League form Sunderland. Yep. What, what do you think on that? I reckon that could go to a draw, but uh, I reckon O'Neill will be trying his best to continue his run. Yep. West Brom host Swansea. Um, West Brom... Need the points, don't they? I mean, they're they're in fifteenth, so far from out of the trouble. Wigan host Everton. Um, see if Everton can kick on their good form with the Darren Gibson at scoring. Yeah, exactly. With the man who was hailed as the worst thing that Manchester United had ever bought. Yeah. Uh, suddenly redeeming himself in a, a new team. So, Everton. How much do you know about Everton's new sign of the striker? What's the Nikola? Jankovic, the the Croatian guy who's oh, just the, got... Oh, the Rangers. Yes, the Rangers. Uh, yeah. Yes, Le- that's it. Lekovic. Um Not very much. Uh, I know he was very highly rated uh, by Rangers, uh, and it's going to be a big loss for them. So, but there always seems to be this transfer between Rangers and Everton that's been going on for a generation at least anyway. Uh, mm. Duncan Ferguson came from Rangers and made a huge impression with Everton. Uh, so... Moyes buys well, doesn't get the chance to buy very often, so he, tries, he has to make it worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, he, that still came from another sale on deadline. Day. They're still balancing the books there, aren't they? Um, I mean, could you imagine if they weren't on this form when they were going down, how much trouble they'd be to suffer a relegation this season? Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah, they'd be in real trouble. Man City hosts Fulham, as I say, Man City almost untouchable at home. Um, so that might be a good opportunity for them to... To, to get a lead back up again because Man U on Sunday have to travel to Chelsea. Just wondering about the the film that Schwartz must be due to start coming back fairly soon. Yeah, each week we seem to feel he's yeah he's he three he was three or four weeks ago about eight weeks. Will he get his place back? I know. Well, certainly the form has not been that impressive with him not there. So yeah, uh, you think he would be in fairly strong contention. Yep, the other Sunday game, Newcastle versus Villa. Villa are quite a hard team to call, actually, on how they're going to go. Um, 
and, and Newcastle will, will look at that and look at the fact that Chelsea have got a host man U and think this is a good chance to, to get right up yeah I, I reckon Newcastle United will come away with uh, a fairly strong win against this one to be honest yeah and Monday's game Liverpool Tottenham which is a it's a vital game it is yeah Liverpool. I mean this is we'll, we'll find out a little bit more about you know how good Tottenham are I mean they went away a sit and match them for, for large parts of the game I don't know if there's any reason why top, you know, Liverpool have stumbled at home all season, why Tottenham can't go there and, and get something. Yep. Um, OK, well, that's all we've got for Section 3. Come back in Section 4 where we will look ahead at Week 18 in the A-League. This month's 442 magazine is out now and features an exclusive interview with Barcelona's Cesc Fabregas on why he left Arsenal. Plus, we ask if the NSL was better than the A-League. We uncover what happened to the North Queensland Fury players after the club folded, go behind the scenes at EPL New Boys QPR and chat with David Silva, Paul Scholes, Juan Mata, Marco Rojas, Mustiamini, Mazumo Madoka and Sasha Ognanovsky. The latest on the world game. This is 442 Insider. Hello and welcome back to the fourth and final part of this week's 442 Insider podcast where we give you some dodgy predictions on what's going to happen in the coming A-League weekend. Even when it's locked in, brilliant teams at home, awful teams away, it never seems to work out for us. Adelaide hosts Wellington Phoenix. Which is a hard game to call, isn't it? I mean, Phoenix on, are going. On paper, it should be an easy win for Adelaide, you would think. Well, I mean, traditionally. On paper, it should be. But Phoenix are travelling so well at the moment, uh, and just smiting everything in their path. Smiting, not less. Nice word. Uh, and Adelaide United seem to be struggling, not necessarily in the way they were under Rini Cullen, but certainly not finding that uh, initial impetus that they, they had when Cosmina first took over. So, yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that one pans out. I mean, they've just been hammered 3-0 by Perth. I mean, if you go back-to-back home defeats against Perth and Wellington... Yeah, they're going to end up playing in front of a man and his dog, I think, if that was to continue. Which is a shame, because Adelaide have, have been consistent with their fans and have been one of the success stories there, haven't they? Oh, absolutely, you know, yeah. In, in the yeah. past. Um, and I, I don't see any sign of the fans dropping off either uh, at the moment. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've got to do better than getting hammered 3-0 at home. Yeah, I mean, I think I might sit on the fence and, and say a draw on that one. Um, the the next game, Central Coast versus Brisbane. Huge. Exactly, yeah. Grand final rematcher. I don't think, regardless of the score, it's, it's going to have any impact on, um, on on sort of the Mariners topping the table. Um, I think if Brisbane want to end up second and have a chance to host the final, I mean, you could very easily see Wellington going to Adelaide and winning. And Brisbane losing away to Central Coast, and all of a sudden Brisbane are playing catch up for second, let alone first. Yep, yep. Um, surely the Mariners too strong at home. Nothing suggests, nothing that I can see suggests that they won't win this. Uh, to be honest, I mean, Borussia will be back, uh, which will make a big difference. Hmm. Uh, and Roar will certainly be fired up to try and desperately salvage the, the the season and at least get that top two spot. Uh, so I think uh, it's going to be a blockbuster match I reckon uh, I hope they get a good crowd up there because it really is going to be one to see yeah um, I've got a birthday celebration on that day and I'm seriously considering cancelling it to go and where is the birthday celebration could you find a TV or I can find the TV but I actually want to go to the match uh, oh okay but it's my birthday which oh it's your birthday yeah, 
it's my birthday on the third, and I've got the celebration on the fourth, which is a bit of a pain. Just, just go great. I'm having a birthday thing. Um, it's in Gosford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you're all. Please bring cake. <laughs> I'm sure you're all be there. Um, look, a good set of fixtures this weekend. The it Melbourne is. Derby. Yep. At Amy. Um, huge. Yes. I think I may have just said that, but huge. No, I mean it. It really is. It's <coughs> particularly for victory. Um, we'll talk about Sydney game in a, in a moment, but if um, if Hart beat Victory and then Sydney win at home to Jets, who don't normally travel well, then um, they're kind of being cutting away from from making the finals, and they're they're yep. really going to have to hit some form. But first yep. of all, the Derby, um, two teams not in good form going into a Derby often has the makings of perhaps a classic, but more likely a scrap fight-for-your-life derby game. Well, uh, you know, the one thing about victory, while well, they haven't been getting great results, I've always really enjoyed watching them. Uh, I think they are a hugely entertaining team to watch. Um, I wouldn't like necessarily like to be a Melbourne Victory fan at the moment, but I do like watching their games. Uh, and I think this is going to be another cracker. Uh, it's got all the ingredients of a, a, an absolute classic. Hart got everything to play for. Uh, and victory trying to save face. Yeah. And you're doing your calculations. I am. Well, I don't mean to depress any victory fans, but let's suppose that their two main rivals, or two of their main rivals, win this weekend. That they lose to Hart and Sydney win. Um, that That's going to put Hart on 29 points. That's going to put Sydney on 27 and leave victory back in, tw- in 21. So with a worse goal difference, they'll have six points to catch up just to make finals football. Um, yeah, yep. it, it will make a difference about who coaches victory next season. It will probably make a difference about if they make the finals this season. Um, they they cannot afford to lose. I mean, a draw's not going to be much use, but they just cannot afford to lose to heart. Yeah, I think I can see a draw happening quite easily yeah. in this game, to be honest. Um, but I still don't think victory can write off their entire season under Magilton until the following week. I think next week's match is actually more important than this week's. Yeah. Uh, because this next week he will have actually had time to sit down and really work things through with the, the squad and come up with some sort of plan. Um, more than, you know, just boring Merrick's plan that he left in an envelope in the, the bottom of his drawer. But you don't sound like a Merrick fan to me, Kevin, if I can use my uh, no. powers of deduction and no, <laughs> the, tone, the tone that you're using. But wasn't Merrick surely a, a great success? And then, you know. Oh, Merrick was. Uh, Merrick got results. Um, but I don't think he brought an interesting brand of football. No. Uh, and I'm not even saying he was a long ball specialist. He just. He was very defensive minded. Yeah. Uh, constantly fielding two defensive midfielders and you know I think it'd be good to see more exciting football and to be fair both Mem and uh, Magilton brought that just didn't bring results with it mm. and it's a bit you know it's a bit like the Mourinho Chelsea argument he was very pragmatic he got the results and you know they weren't dramatic wins most of the time but he got the results I think also with, with Mourinho's style of football that he sort of makes up for it in a while. Absolutely. Like his yeah. press conferences, his charisma, it's Far like... more entertaining than the football yeah, was. Yeah, exactly. And, and if he was really drab and boring, then perhaps it would be too much of a drab, boring package for anyone sort to... Sort of like Ernie Merrick was. To, yeah, for, for, for you know anyone to accept. I mean, the next game, 
Sydney when they host Newcastle Jets. We talk about how poor the Jets are away from home, but they have just gone to Brisbane and won. Sydney in different home, but this is this is huge as well. Yeah, it is. I mean, there's a can't, there's can't season stress de- season defining huge. Yeah, um, Sydney are in sixth on twenty four points. Jets are seventh on twenty two points. So the Jets certainly won't be. Um, you know, if, if they can avoid defeat, will be the first thing to to suggest. I mean, if they win, great. They'll they'll go ahead of Sydney and into the finals. But I think realistically, if they can take a point from there, stay within two points touching distance of Sydney. Yeah. Uh... And optimistically, you know, from their perspective, Sydney have got a shocking record at home at yeah. the moment. They're just not doing the business at all, uh, and they're aware of it. And Sydney are falling into the same trap as Victory as well, of just going to sleep uh, yeah. and losing matches late in the second half. Uh, so, you know, th- there's certainly chinks of uh, light for Newcastle Jets in this tie. But, you know, Jets struggle on the road. Uh Gary Van Egmont's not had the, the Midas touch that he had the last time he, he initially came in to take over the Jets when he went on this huge winning streak. Um, it's hard to see where the Jets are going to find improvement on what they've produced so far. Uh, they've got an undermanned side, uh, essentially. And you know, even if Kalina had been fit this season, I still think they would have been struggling. They, they don't have the depth of quality that other teams have these uh, nowadays in the, the A-League. They've been left behind. Yeah, and that they're above Melbourne Victory and Adelaide. Says a lot. Looking at, yeah, <laughs> looking at the squads. Um, the, f- <coughs> the final game of the round is Perth Glory versus Gold Coast. Now, from a, a Perth point of view, if, um, if Wellington lose and Brisbane, say, only draw, um, they'll be in a situation where they will be playing bottom of the league for the chance to go second. Which is quite incredible given the, what we're saying about Perth mid-season. Oh, yeah, I mean, the, the run. The, the thing is, last season they went on that run and it didn't stop until the end of the, <laughs> until the, end of the season. <laughs> right. At least they've actually come out of it this time and, yep. and put themselves... I mean, while first place is you know, nailed onto the Mariners, second is wide open, isn't it, really? I mean, even Hart aren't yep. Yep. You know, that it's far back. I mean, Hart are only four points back. From second position, um, what do you think Perth will do against Gold Coast? Go, do you think Gold Coast will do what they normally do and just lose by the odd goal and not, <laughs> not disgrace themselves? You know, I do feel sorry for Gold Coast because I don't think they've deserved to win many more of their games, but they've played bloody good football. Yeah, uh, and you know, they've been far more entertaining than, for example, the Newcastle Jets. Uh, and they've, they've played better football than them. They have been unlucky. They have lost uh, games that they didn't deserve to. Um, but I still don't see them turning that around. I think is that you know there's certain reasons for it. There is a lack of experience beyond you know one or two key players. Um, they they are naive in their approach uh, in many ways. Perth Glory, however. Um, I tipped them to be too good, to have too good a squad, uh, not to make the final six. Uh, I was doubting that at one stage, but I still believe and wouldn't surprise me at all if they came second, no. because they have got a blockbuster squad, uh, and they seem to have found the team spirit and they found their positions. And Fergie's having less to do with the actual uh, match day experience. <laughs> so no credit for Fergie <laughs> no. on this front, then, no. <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, as we say, that, that that's a big week for so many teams. Um, 
and it'd be intriguing to see how you know how this one pans out. But I think it's it's very likely Perth could be sitting in second. Come next pod, um, Kev. Thanks for coming in. You're very welcome. Um, thanks for everyone listening. We will be back next weekend to chat the best of the news again. Thank you. 442 Insider is a Helms Media Solutions production. Visit helms.com.au to find out more about our services.